Do not follow where the path may lead. Go instead where there is no path and leave a trail. Ralph Waldo Emerson. Welcome back to another episode of the Coach's Corner Podcast. Today we got James P. Friel. And this episode, before I read your bio, James, because I don't want to... Um, a lot of people sort of say the same thing. It comes down to like the more time, more freedom, the dream. And I was going through mm. some of your um, case studies and some of the people you worked with. I mean, like Russell Brunson. Um, and so you've got a pretty solid track record. So right before I get into it, if freeing up more time and finding more freedom and of systemizing your business is what you're after, don't hit pause. Don't hit X. Stay tuned. James P. Friedel is an entrepreneur, consultant, and author who helps entrepreneurs systemize, grow, and scale their businesses by getting them out of the day-to-day operations of running their companies so they can make more money have more time, and enjoy more freedom. And there's this one thing that I found on your website somewhere, chief, go from chief everything officer to chief executive officer. And I was like, I love that. So welcome on the show. Happy to have you here. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. I appreciate it. So when when I hear that, like the, the big, the big, the more time, the more freedom, it sounds like a dream. And oftentimes we get into entrepreneurship like I did, and it just becomes a trap. I was like, for the yeah. first three years, I was working twice as much as I made in my, did in my job. I was making half as much, and I had three times more stress, ten times more bills, and every day was just, I felt like giving up. Luckily, I didn't, but it's, it seems to, yeah. for me, never end as in the complexity. It just keeps getting more complex, and then you go back in the business, you try to simplify, and it seems like with every person you add to the team, the complexity just tenfolds. Mm. So I'm far from an expert, which I'm excited to have you here on this topic because I know a lot of the listeners and even some of my clients were like building a virtual team and, and leveraging people, if I, can, if I can say that, is, is a big thing. And virtually yeah. and online, it seems like it's, it's a struggle, at least, at least for where I'm at. So, Yeah, it's, it's, um, it, it can be a struggle. And it was a struggle for me as well. Um, interestingly, before... I, you know, I became an entrepreneur. I had like side hustles and things like that uh, for, <laughs> I don't know, probably since I was like 12. Um, but I went a very traditional route and you know, went to college, went to work for big companies. And, uh, you know, last corporate job I had, I quit eight years ago. And, you know, so I've been running my own company since. But even when I was at my corporate job, I had a, I had a pretty big team that I was running and, you know, like about 70 people and, you know, five mm. different countries all around the world. And, wow. and you'd think, you would think that that experience got me ready to mm. grow and start my own team. Cause I was like, Oh, like I know how to do And then when I was out on my own, all of a sudden I was like, wait a second, there was only a limited number of things that I was having to do there. Whereas when you're running right. your own business, you got to be responsible for everything. Like you got to figure out who is the person I need where am I going to go find that person? Like, how am I going to hire them? How am I going to make sure I'm hiring the right people? How am I going to make sure like, if I have the wrong people, I'm getting rid of them. And then, and you're just like, you're thrown into this whole thing and you're like, holy crap. Like nobody talked about this. Like this was not on the package when I signed up to become an entrepreneur. Totally. I'm, I'm so massive on that. I've been, I've been obsessed with personal development for 10 years, luckily, there was circumstances in my life that led me into becoming obsessed with it and trying to better myself. And I just realized, like, business to me and entrepreneurship is, like, the ultimate test. 
and the ultimate accelerator for developing yeah. as a human. At least I find uh, every time I develop some skill set or who I am internally, the business seems to unfold to the next level. I don't know if you found that true. Completely. I think totally. being an entrepreneur is one of the best incubators for personal growth yeah. and development that you could possibly imagine. Yeah. Because it comes at like it comes at you from all angles. Yeah. Like every every fear, insecurity, concern, stress, worry, anxiety, like they're all going to pop their heads up at some point or another. And you're like, okay, you know, and I love that, you know, there's a saying like, don't wish it were easier, wish you were better. Right. And I think that's like, that's as true for entrepreneurship as it is for anything else. Absolutely. Before we get into it, I want to ask you, I'm going to spit out three words. First thing that comes to mind, these are, these are picked just for you because I have a feeling you'll have a twist on them. The first word is hustle. Ugh, like, I don't like that word. Um, I, think it's, uh, I think it's overplayed. I think, I think hustling is used. I think hustling is a poor excuse for doing something better and more effectively. Um, I think a lot of people wear it as a badge of honor, like, oh, I'm hustling, man. And I'm like, they're like, yeah, I only slept three hours, like, you know, every night for the last three weeks. I'm like, is that like, is that what you want? Like, you want to feel like a zombie all the time? Like, I know I don't. So, uh, so for me, hustle is, it's not, it's not a bad word. It's just like, it's, it's an, it's an, it's a, it's a sign that your, your, your evolution is in development. I figured, I figured you'd say something on those lines. I love it. Uh, second word, stress. Stress is good. Uh, we grow under stress and if without stress, we can't improve. You know, you go to the gym and you lift weights and what's that doing? Like that's putting stress on your, on your muscles and on your body. And I think a lot of people, uh, run and avoid stress. Whereas I think if they were, if they were to accept that stress is a is an integral part of growth, but you don't have to like deal with the same stress all of the time. Like the goal is not to have like, I got the same problems over and over and over. That sucks. That's kind of a negative stress. But there's like a lot of positive stress. And I think that the stress of entrepreneurship can be very positive in terms of what it causes you to do and how you grow your business and how you grow as an individual. I love that. And final word, I was, I was torn between two, but I'm going to go with, uh, I have two written, but I'm going to go with this one. <laughs> Motivation. Motivation is important. Um, like everybody is motivated by something like even people who say that they're not motivated are actually motivated, just not by the same things everybody else is motivated by or different things. I think the important thing with motivation is figuring out what is motivating to you and what drives you, because that's going to be the fuel that keeps you going through the stress and helps you, you know, get to the other side and take on bigger and bigger conquests and new challenges. So what, what motivates you? Growth. Growth is a big motivator for me. Um, not just my own growth, but seeing other people grow. I love, I'm, I love seeing people become new versions of themselves. And I love being a facilitator of that. Like I get a tremendous amount of, uh, fulfillment from seeing somebody who couldn't do something yesterday, doing it today and then doing it at a high level tomorrow. And, uh, so I'm, I'm very big on, on growth. And so I'm not, 
I, I believe me, I enjoy making money. I, I understand that money is a way to keep score in business and, uh, and that's fun. But I think the real driver for me is like, well, who can I become and who can I help other people become? And yeah. that's a lot of fun. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. So we're talking to coaches, consultants, experts, service providers, most, I'd say 95% of everyone listening and, and, and everyone I come in contact with is online. And yeah. one of the, we kind of chatted about it earlier, but one of the biggest struggles, at least I personally found, so I'm kind of speaking from personal experience, but, but I, I know this is going to resonate, is when hiring a virtual team. Yeah. Is it way different or is it just a little bit different or is it just a different approach to it from hiring in person? Yeah, it's, it's such a good question. I think, and it's interesting because I think this, this topic, people probably make a bigger deal about than they really need to be. Um, and, and, and so there are differences. However, what I've seen is that many people overcompensate for poor communication, poor structure, and poor systems by saying, all right, well, maybe it's because I have a virtual team that everything isn't running smoothly. So I must need to get everybody into an office. And like, it's, it's, it's not true, right? You could get everybody into an office. And if you don't have the structures, you don't have the communication, you don't have those things in place, it's still going to be a mess. And there's still going to be people who aren't doing their jobs effectively. And you're still going to be taking back work. And you're still going to be wondering like, what the heck everybody else is up to. And so sure, there are other considerations when hiring a virtual team as opposed to a physical team. But I, I love virtual teams. My team is 100% virtual. Hmm. Um, you know, even, you know, I, I've been, you know, back in my corporate career from, you know, 2006 to 2011, last five years of my corporate career, I ran a virtual team, like all around, like all around the world. Yep. And um, I think the important thing is understanding how to bring the right people onto the team how to create the right conditions for those people to succeed and then helping them have a common goal. And that's going to be the same regardless of whether you have a local team, a virtual team or a mixed team or anything. What it demands, any having any team demands you stepping up and, ha and being a leader, um, whether they're with you or they're not with you. You, uh, when you, when you mentioned that, uh, you know, wishing to have a, uh, a office, how many times I've, been up at 2 a.m. just wishing I had an office. So it's, it's funny you say that. And then it wasn't until, like I mentioned before, six months ago, I was like, it all starts and ends with me. And I just got obsessed with leadership books and leadership seminars and leader, anything to do with leadership to step up. And there's this one book, you probably know it, The One Minute Manager. I think that's what yep. it was called. It was like, it's yeah. so simple, but it was like, okay, wait, this idea of monkeys and of responsibility was just like a game changer for me. Um, so I'm sure you share some of those same philosophies because you mentioned in there like you're still going to be taking back work. You're still going to try to feel like you're in control, which is my next topic is like when you're working with A types or maybe not all A types, but these, 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 these entrepreneurs who have this, this vision and they built into something, they're obviously generating leads and sales most likely in order to maybe hire somebody. They probably struggle with giving up certain aspects of control because they feel they can do it better. I resonate with that. How do you generally yeah. approach that to help someone say, you know what, here's start delegating this or, or you might not like the word delegate, but start, start offloading this or start sharing the workload. How do you start with that? 
Yeah. Well, the first, the first thing I would say uh, to you, to me, to all of my other fellow entrepreneurial control freaks is there's nothing wrong with you for wanting to control those things, right? Like you were, we all have gotten into this on some level or another because we're passionate about something, right? We're passionate about helping our target client. We're passionate about our product and what that can do for people or our service or any of it. And so like the idea of just saying, Hey, like, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. And I'm just going to leave it up to chance to see what happens. Like that's, that's ridiculous. Like nobody, nobody wants that. And that's not a good thing. And I, and I think that delegation has gotten a bad rap in those circles because it hasn't been defined properly. And delegation is completely different than abdication. Right. And what I see is like, sometimes we look at things in this black and white, right? Oh, I'm either doing it all myself or I have nothing to do with it. And that's, that's not effective delegation. It's not effective management. And certainly if you're just something or hoping that it's going to work out, it, it should freak you out, right? Cause that's not the right way to do it. So I right. would, I would suggest that, uh, that looking at it differently is the starting point and understanding that delegation does not mean letting go of responsibility. It simply means empowering other people to get done while you maintain accountability to the results that you're committed to. I am so happy you just shared that because about maybe six months ago, I took this one kind of personal development thing and it was all about letting go of control. And I was like, you know what? I'm down to try anything. If I lose two months of sales, <laughs> I, I have enough to get us through. And I did that. And I literally started working two days a week. I was like, gave up all control. Let's see how it goes just to try it. And I don't think I've ever been so depressed and so miserable. And a lot of this community mm. was telling me, well, there's something wrong with you. If you're feeling that, look inside. And I finally, I tried it, didn't work. And when I came back, because I'm passionate, I love what I do. I realized there maybe is nothing wrong with me. Um, I can do things better, but there's maybe nothing internally wrong with me. I just love what I do. And I have a mission that's yeah. bigger than most people can understand. Yeah, you love what yeah. you do and you care about it. So yeah. like that's, and that's, and that's good. Like most people would kill to love what they do and care about what they do on that level that they don't want to just give it up. Yeah. Right. But, but the key here is that we're not, we're not giving up control as much as we're giving up the heavy lifting yeah. of mm -hmm. doing the things that prevent us from moving as quickly as we want to. Mm -hmm. The things that prevent us from scaling the things that are not the best use of our time. Right. Cause as, as we grow in scale, right? You go from, you know, one man show to, you know, two people an assistant or like a small team to a bigger team and everything like that. You are constantly trying to figure out what's the best use of my time. How can I add the most value to my mission and to the customers and to the people that I serve? And, and it's not going to always be, okay, I do my own scheduling. I do my own travel booking. Like I do you know, and, and those are like, you know, administrative level things. But as, as things progress, you're doing that at a higher and higher level because you've got to say, well, how do like, I wear two hats all of the time and every one of us needs to wear two hats. The first hat is I am the CEO of my company, right? That's my one hat. The second hat is I'm a specialist in some area, right? And I need, and as the CEO I need to make sure I'm getting the best use out of James, the employee that I possibly can. And if I've got him doing things that like 
make, you know, I could easily pay somebody $20, $30 an hour to do. And James is capable Mm. of making thousands of dollars an hour. Like, what am I doing? Right? Like I'm mismanaging that resource that I have. And so we've got to recognize that both of those roles are really important and we, we can't misuse the resource of us as a key employee. And we're, when we're doing the things that we shouldn't be doing, we're literally mismanaging our resources and we're causing ourselves to not grow as fast as we can, becoming bottlenecks, getting in the way of things happening. And, 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 and you asked about stress before. One of, the, one of the things that stresses me out is, am I slowing myself down? Mm. Right, like that's, that's stressful to me, right? I'd rather deal with other issues than think like, oh my God, I'm getting in my own way because I'm doing things that I shouldn't be doing. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I was in, um, I'm still learning this because I, oftentimes I'm doing a check and I'm like, oh yeah, I think I'm the bottleneck in this process. Oh yeah, I'm getting in thinking I'm helping, but I'm actually not. So I'm, I've got a long way to go, but my big realization, because I have a massive ego, was uh, business was doing well, it was well, it was well. And then I went down to Mexico to take a month off and I barely worked. I mean, I was doing the hype stuff. I was doing the marketing. I was doing some podcasts and we had the best month ever. And that my ego was like, wait, maybe you're, you're, it's better without you with some way. And everyone seems happier, like they're working better. So it was a big thing for me and I still fall into that trap. It's like, a, it's almost like an addiction, at least, at least I find. Well, yeah, well, we all like we all have this need this uh, this need to be wanted, to put our skills to use, to feel like we're needed, and 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 uh, and that we're making a contribution. And and what we have to do is to see how do we evolve to make a bigger contribution. Um, one of the one of the things that I have as a goal is that I am not needed in like I am setting things up on a regular basis so that I'm not needed. We have a a three letter acronym in my company, JNN, James not needed. Hmm. Right. And, and I know that we are successful Hmm. when I'm not needed because when I'm not needed, that means I can be focused on the future. Like I can be focused on the next thing. I can be out there building relationships I can be out there identifying new opportunities. I can be making sure that we're growing into the future as opposed to just servicing the present. And, yeah. and, uh, and that's, that's very liberating to, to, to ch- change that focus. And I'm not saying we want to do that prematurely, like, oh, James not needed because, you know, James just disappears and goes <laughs> AWOL, right? Like, I, yeah. I'm saying James not needed because he's actually not needed in this project because we've put the right systems in place that enable things to happen without me so that I can focus on the bigger picture and doing what's most important. Okay. So, so, you know, James is building the business. He's solo and he's starting to understand this concept of James not needed. Who's usually, usually, and this might be one of those questions that there's so many variables, like the, the first hire or, or some of the tasks that you'd recommend someone delegating um, if they find that now they're working 50, 60 hours, they've got, you know, 50% of the time they're marketing, 20% of the time they're doing the sales and, you know, 30% of the time they're working with clients. Yeah, it's, it's an awesome question. So I, I have this concept I call the big five and we need to identify what are the big five areas of responsibility that I should be doing. 
right? A lot of people go at this and say, oh, well, what shouldn't I be doing? And mm. we'll get to that in a minute. But if we identify what I should be doing, then we use this, this theory in physics called force displacement, and we displace the things that we shouldn't be doing. Mm. So, so in my case, where I am in my, in my companies and my business right now, is I've got five things that I know are my responsibility. One of them is I'm you know, creating content and I'm, I'm the attractive character and the face of our business and out there like promoting, right? And telling people who we are and what we do. So that's number one. Number two is I'm going out and I'm identifying opportunities for us to expand and for things to where we can grow and growth opportunities and seeing what that future might look like and painting that vision. Number three, I'm overseeing plans to capitalize on those opportunities, right? So if I go and I find opportunity and I bring it back and say, okay, here's the opportunity. Let's put a plan together that makes sense. That's going to generate value for people and generate income for us. What does that look like? Number four, my main, one of my main roles is to recruit, lead, inspire, and organize other people, right? I, cause I know that I can't do it all by myself and it's suicide to try. So I might as well like have that as one of my big things. And then number five is to study our numbers and monitor our progress, right? So if, if, if those are my big five things and, and you're welcome to swipe those, modify those, use those, or if you have five that are completely different, that's okay too. But I'd say the very first thing is to sit down and say, what should I be doing? Like what yeah. really is the highest okay. and best use of me inside of this company? And there's gonna be people who have all different talents and all different skill sets. And, um, and, and some people are extremely creative and some people are not creative and some people are forward thinking and some people are really in the details right now. And like all of that is fine, but you gotta be clear, like where is the best value that you're gonna bring to the company? And that's your top five, right? That's your big five. And then underneath that big five, list everything else out. Like what else am I doing right now that's not part of this big five and we're going to methodically and systematically get those other things off of your plate. Right. And we're not going to do it all at once. We're not going to be like crazy and say, okay, well I'm not, I'm never doing this again. Right. I think entrepreneurs sometimes like to be a like little extreme drastic <laughs> yeah. right? and extreme. And, I, and I, I, I get that. Right. <laughs> and, and, but we need, we need to temper that. We need to say, okay, let's be strategic about this and being strategic means what should I be doing? And then all of the other stuff, we can start to find ways to get off of our plate. And so that's the very first thing. And then once you have that list put together, you start grouping those things, right? Okay, all the other, you know, from six to 26 or six to 106, whatever comes below the big five, I think has five key areas of the business that you have to pay attention to. Marketing, sales, delivery, operations, and finance. And so then I'm going to go through all of those other things and I'm going to chunk them. Okay, let's put all the marketing related things together. Let's put all the sales related things, operations, delivery, finance, et cetera. And, and I'm going to start seeing patterns. Mm -hmm. And I'm also mm -hmm. going to start looking at it and saying, okay, well, if I were to hire somebody to do some of this stuff, how much would it cost me? And how much do I want my time to be worth? And when there's a big difference between those two, you got to take a hard look at it, right? Because I firmly believe that when you hire other people, you are not paying them for their time. Yep. You are buying back your own. 
And when you can buy back your own time at a discount so that you can focus on your big five and what's most important, then you absolutely need to create a plan in order to do that. I really like that. I'm going to, I'm just going to interject with one thing because I like, we go live to 4,000 coaches every single week. And every week I see some of the same people asking the same questions and not taking action on anything. And nothing pisses me off more than that. So (laughs) if you are one of those people, you know, hopefully this doesn't ruin my stats on this episode, but I care more about you than this episode. Pause it and, and actually do this exercise because right after this episode, I'm doing it myself. Everything else is going to be on hold. Uh, we kind of covered the, the big five, the things you should be doing, and then everything else, clump them together under the five main things, marketing, sales, operations, uh, delivery, and finance, and see if there's a big gap. And I challenge you to pause this episode, unless you're driving, and, and take 10 minutes and do it, because you, it's so easy to consume content in 2019, and at the end of the day, I, I know a lot of you just aren't doing it. So let's do it, and we'll continue. Sweet. Awesome. I had I love, to say that. I it was like that. bubbling. No, I'm, I'm, I appreciate the fact that you did because like not, nothing changes until you start doing things differently, totally. right? And, and this, this, this exercise becomes a fundamental blueprint for you to actually make the yeah. change and, and, and figure out who you need and figure out what they're going to be doing and how, like, how, how everything is going to work. And you don't, you know, you never see... You never see somebody build their dream house by just having a bunch of trucks pull up to the lot and start slapping pieces of wood together, right? Yeah. Right? You go to an architect, you sit down, you create a blueprint. They're like, okay, here's everything we're going to need. Here's what the design looks like. And then after all that's built and planned out, then you're like, okay, now we start building, right? But as entrepreneurs, we're like, okay, let's go get it. And the only time we feel like we're taking action is like when we're like, you know, nailing two by fours to each other and it's like wait a second we need a freaking blueprint here guys like we need a blueprint to help us understand where we're going and what we're building and if we don't you're going to build it and it's going to be sloppy or you're going to build it and it's not going to work or you're going to build it and you're going to hate it or you're going to hate your life and so this this is the stuff taking 10 minutes like pausing this and taking 10 minutes right now and doing it yields tremendous benefit further down the line because it's directional and it's strategic and it helps in so many different ways. It's huge. And, and you know, I'm sure James, I'm sure you have charged 1000, 10,000, 20,000, 50,000, a hundred thousand dollars to, you know, potentially go into company. And, and this is probably the first thing he's doing. So this is worth, this is actually worth like, just, just treat it like it is. And I'm going to be doing this. This really inspired me because it's a different take on something. I'm sure you hear this, James. I can't afford to hire someone. Yeah. What do you usually say? I'm, I'm guessing you would do this exercise to see where the gap is, of course, and is yeah. it worth hiring? But if, if, it, if it's determined that, you know, the gap is big enough for you to hire someone, I don't know where sales could be for, you know, I don't know, like 20 grand, 30 grand. I don't know what the profit margins are. I'm sure there's a lot of variables at play, but do you usually find people are just afraid to, like they want to pocket it because it's the first time they're actually, you know, spending four or five grand a month to, to hire someone or two grand or whatever their first hire is? Um, what do you usually see happens? Yeah, so, so first of all, we do start with this exercise because it's a foundational exercise and it puts things in black and white. And I think a lot of times when people say, I'm afraid to hire somebody, it's because they're only looking at one side of the equation. They're looking at the expense that they're going to pay that person. They're not looking at the cost of what not hiring that person is actually costing them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. And, and in this particular example, 
you know, if, if you want, you know, wherever you are, you want your time to be worth, you know, $150 an hour, $500 an hour, $1,000 an hour, whatever it is, you know, you can't possibly get your time to be worth those things if you continue to treat your time at a $20 an hour thing, right? And if you've correctly identified your big five, and you, I know for sure this is where I add the most value. And nobody I've ever talked with has not been able to at least tell me a couple of the things that should be on their big five. Mm-hmm. And so I asked them, I'm like, okay, if you were to spend 80% of your time on your big five, how much, how much more money do you think you can make? Mm-hmm. How much faster do you think your business will grow? And everyone's like, oh, it'll grow a lot faster. I'm like, okay, then what we have below the big five here is really not worth your time, is it? And they're like, oh my God, it's not worth my time. And, and so that, I think awareness is the first step in this. And it's hard to get aware of something until you actually see it in black and white. And until, and, and going back to your earlier comment about like, you know, that, that fear of giving up control, we fear giving up control because we don't have the specifics of what delegating looks like. We fear hiring people because we can't afford it until we realize that it's actually costing us more money to not hire those people. Hitting and so ceiling. I think we, yeah, I, I think sometimes we're just like, we're trying to do all the math in our heads mm-hmm. and, and these are complex, challenging, difficult problems that we need to like, we need some simple frameworks and exercises to get things out of our heads so we can see them clearly. Right, because if you're if you're smart enough, and motivated enough, and passionate enough to start your own business, and and you know provide value to the world through a product or a service, you're certainly smart enough to be able to like figure out what's what is the best use of my time. And if you don't know for sure, ask other people around you. Like, what are my strengths, and where do I shine the most? Right. And everybody in your circle is going to have a tremendous a lot a tremendous amount of things to say about that and, and pay attention. Yeah. I really love that. That's, that's a game changer. That's huge. What are, and I don't, you know, you could share as much or as little as you like, maybe one or two things. It can either be from, from your experience or something you see, but some of the big mistakes, I'm really big on trying to learn from someone's mistakes because I can put them on my radar. And if I feel like I'm entering that realm, I'm like, wait, this is obviously a pattern. This is a mistake. Let me go around it or, or just stay aware when I'm crossing the waters because it's, it's something might happen here. What are, what are maybe one or two of the biggest mistakes that sometimes just, I know I, I have my own of trying to do this, but like demolish the team or just, just ruin everything. Like almost have to pick the pieces back up and start like these, these business hazards when, when growing the team. Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd say, I'd say one of them is without a question, trying to hire somebody just like you. Um, mm. you're like, oh man, if I just had, you know, we've mm. all, we've all felt this at some point or another, right? If I just had a clone, if there were somebody just like me, then everything would like be magical. <laughs> and, and we don't want people just like us. We, we all have strengths and we all have a ton of weaknesses, like my, myself included, right? I'm not, I'm not coming here telling you that I, oh, all I have is strengths, right? I got a ton of weaknesses, just like everybody does. And when we, we think, okay, I got to hire, hire people just like me, we create this incredibly lopsided situation where like now everybody's kind of good at one thing and everybody yeah. has all these weaknesses and sucks at everything else. And the goal with hiring is like the way that I look at it is 
like playing that game Tetris, where there's all the little blocks falling from the sky, and some blocks are square, and some are like the little L shape, and some are like the zigzag. And no, there's no block that's like better or worse than the other block. It simply depends what is the, what's, which, where are they going to fit, right? And how are they going to fit together? And so what we need to look for is we need to look for people who are going to fit in and complete that row of Tetris, right? So what you might need is completely different than what I might need because what you're good at and your weaknesses are different from what I'm good at and my weaknesses. And, and I think that when, when we think we got to just find somebody just like us, then, then we're going to wind up having like the Tetris with all the zigzag looking things. Yeah, yeah. And you mm-hmm. can't complete the row if you just have the zigzag looking things. Like eventually mm-hmm. it's not going to work. And, and so I think that's, that's a, a foundational thing to, to, to keep in mind. Not, certainly not something that I always understood. Nope. Right? Like, um, but it's important um, that, that, we're, that we're thinking that way. Like we, our job as the is to be the orchestra conductor, right? Like we have to make sure all of the pieces fit together so that the music sounds great, right? Like you could have, you know, amazing people, but if they don't fit together the right way, you're not going to get the result that you're looking for. Totally. Totally. I really like that. You see that kind of in history when you study companies is like, there was always the, the hype man or the, the dream or the visionary. And then, you know, someone who executed or at least helped create some form of logic in the, in the, you usually see that, yeah. at least I found, you usually kind of see some opposite dynamic at play. Yeah, absolutely. I'm yeah. like, I'm a, I'm a big, uh, baseball fan. Like I love baseball. I played baseball. If you just, if you had a team of pitchers and you had no outfielders, no infielders, no catchers, like, well, like that would be a horrible team even if you took every great pitcher in the entire yeah, major yeah. league and put them on one team, you'd have a horrible team. Be a pretty bad team. So I just want to, I'm going to challenge or just pick your brain on just one thing. Cause I know some people may be thinking this, just trying to get into their heads is what would you say to some of their, just they're starting, maybe they're six months in, 12 months in, they just maybe built some systems for lead generation and you know, they're, they're doing some sales and they're just starting to kind of creep towards it. Is it, too early or do you find people try to hire too early because they just don't want to work as much or they're, are they being inefficient? Like would you tell someone who's just starting before you hire, maybe cut out like the 80, 20 rule and, and what are you doing? That's to, to find some time instead of being scattered and all over the place and just trying to find someone to delegate the stuff you don't want to do. Yeah, de- yeah. definitely. So I, I have a, I have a framework I call the D a double D framework. And, um, and the way that it works is like any, any single thing that we need to be done should be, should be like run through this framework. I know it's a weird analogy, but I don't know if you ever, you remember the price is right. And they had this, they had this game at the end called Plinko. And it was like, the guy would like drop like this disc in the top and it would like kind of find its way to the bottom. If you don't remember, it does, it doesn't even matter, but it's like this this weird game and Plinko, right? We need we need a we need a filtering mechanism for the things that we're working on to figure out like what we're okay. supposed to be doing with them, and so D A double D, the first one the first D is delete it, right? Like you need to question everything. Like does this thing actually need to be done? Is this thing going to bring me a return on the effort that I'm going to put into this? Right? It it doesn't matter 
if you're a solopreneur, you're a solopreneur and an executive assistant, or you have a hundred people on your team, if people are working on things that they shouldn't be working on, like that's a big problem, right? Like people should not be working on things that they, that are not adding extreme amounts of value, that they're not revenue producing, or they're not, you know, saving expense or something like that. So the very first question I ask is, does this thing even need to be done? Right? The second thing is, okay, if it needs to be done and it needs to be done on a recurring basis or it can be predictably done, then let's automate this. Can we automate this thing? Right? I want to automate it if possible and not everything can be automated. Some things can be automated 60% of the way, but they still need manual involvement. Some things can be automated 100%. Some things can't be automated very easily at all. But the Mm -hmm. next thing I'm going to ask is, okay, can I automate this thing? And then the third thing I'm going to ask is, okay, can I delegate this, right? Like I'm not thinking about delegating until I've already decided that it needs to be done. I've already figured out that it, you know, it can't be automated or the pieces that can't be automated have to go off somewhere. And then the third thing is, okay, now let's talk about delegating it, right? And so if I, you know, to answer your question specifically, if I'm the guy that's six months out and I'm just like, man, I just want to hand a bunch of stuff off. I'm, st- I'm going to run yep. through that filter yep. first. I'm going to say, okay, do I really have to be working on all of these things in the first place? Because, you know, if I don't, then I shouldn't be working on it. Neither should anybody else. Because then I'm paying other people to work on stuff that doesn't need to be done. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And, and so then the last D in the framework is, you know, once we've decided we're not going to delete it, it can't be automated, can't be delegated, then we do it. Right. And then it's on us. And cool. so I think, I think that framework um, helps people evaluate things. And so going back to what we had talked about originally with the big five and those of everything else below the big five, one of the next steps in that process is running all of those things through this DADD framework to say, well, what can I just immediately get rid of? Or what can I automate? And then we're left with the things that I'm going to need to delegate. And that's, that's usually a smaller list. And that helps people uh, maintain clarity and maintain focus and also make sure they're not wasting money and resources on paying somebody to do something that they probably should. Like 42 minutes in and my, my, I'm so excited to, as much <laughs> as I love chatting with you, I'm just like excited to get off and run things through. I hope everyone listening is as well. Delete, automate, delegate, and then if you, if you must um, do it. I love that. I could talk to you for three hours, but I'm going to make sure that I respect your time. What's, um, I, I ask everybody this question. You're welcome to take a minute or two if you need to. But if you were to go back uh, eight years ago or seven years ago, whenever you started this journey out of the corporate world, and you know, you're in your, I'm making this up, I don't know if this is true, but you're in your apartment or your house and you're, you're on the computer, you're trying to figure this out, you're, you're facing a lot of stress, frustration, possibly bills, possibly not, who knows, but all the external stress you're in your first year or two years yeah. which i think is the most vital to build momentum you can make it past that and like build a little momentum it becomes easier at least for what i found what nugget what piece of advice what what gift would you pass on to yourself with where you are right now in in november 2019 that may change back to your eight seven year ago self in in a in a wide spectrum it, it could be in the business it could be in whatever you feel is the most impactful I, I would say as, uh, maybe this, maybe this sounds weird, but I would say, James, 
go run through this framework that I'm talking about right now. Like, that would have been massively helpful for me back then because I was trying to do all things for all people. Um, mm. I was in a condo on the beach. I had a beautiful condo on the beach, and I never got to go down to the beach because mm. I was stuck up there, like, dealing with clients and, like, contractors and, like, like dealing with things that were flying at me left and right. And I hadn't taken the time to strategically plan out where I should be spending my time. Like there is nothing, there's nothing that is more valuable than your time. Like there's nothing, there's nothing more valuable. It's like, it's all you get. We don't, none of us get any more. Like we have a short lifespan as it is, even if you live to a hundred years old, right? In the grand scheme of things, it's pretty short, right? And much less if you live, it's a splash, right? Yeah. And, and so the, the, the most important resource that you have is your time. And if you're not, and I'm not just talking about like, I, there's a time and place for productivity hacks, right? There's a time and place for like, okay, like, you know, yeah. here's how I structure my morning routine. And here's how, like, all those things are super great. I love them. Like I could talk about those with you for three hours, yeah. right? Yeah. Like those are exciting. But, but thinking strategically about the value of my time and where am I spending my time? And, and I'd say, so that's like part one of two of this answer. And the second part of the answer is who can I get to help me with those things that I shouldn't be doing? Because the faster I can get clear on what I should be doing and the sooner I can find out who can help me with those other things, dude, it's just like, it, it's a breath of fresh air and once you start operating your life and your business that way, there is no way you will ever, ever go back. It's, it's freedom. And, it's, and it is the freedom that I believe all of us as entrepreneurs wanted when we started this whole thing, right? We wanted, we wanted to have an impact. We wanted to make money. But I, don't, I haven't met one entrepreneur yet who's like, oh, I don't care about freedom. Like, no yeah, way. Yeah, we all care about it. Right. And so, uh, and so that's like, that's what I would say. And, um, and, and a lot of the, the work that I've done and the, the courses and the programs and the, everything that I've created was like me working on myself and figuring it out and then saying, Hey, this works. Let me share this with other people. It usually is. That's why I love the expert space so much is like, you're yeah. passionate about something, you solve it. A lot of people think it's a scam and like they can do it themselves. Every time I see progress in my life and everyone listening, like if this is something you struggle with, reach out to James. We'll share all the links below. But whatever it is you're struggling, I think we're struggling with 20 things at a time. But what's the biggest thing you're struggling with? Just find someone who did it. Make sure they're credible, whoever that is, and just do it. Just like hiring someone. It may cost you two, three, five, ten grand up front. But I'm a big believer too of like that ROI if you take it seriously can be, um, I mean, you can't even, you can't quantify it. James, anything else? Any little nugget of wisdom before I let you go? It's like my, my little trickster way of keeping you on for just another minute. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I mean, I would just say it's usually what I see is that people don't want to address this until they're in massive amounts of pain. Um, you know, there's this, there's this saying that I think is completely ridiculous don't hire until it hurts. And, and I'm just like, why, if you could prevent it from hurting and grow faster in the process, why exactly would you want to wait until it hurts to hire? And, um, and it doesn't have to be expensive, right? Your first person 
could be a part-time contractor assistant that you're paying like whatever you can afford for the specific things that you can afford to pay for right now, right? Reclaim your time as fast as you possibly can. And not to mention, I just have, I just have this fundamental belief that one of my roles in, in society and as a business owner and entrepreneur is to create opportunity for other people. And, and if I'm refusing to hire other people, how am I, how am I creating opportunities for those people? Like I get a tremendous sense of joy from knowing that I get to pay people who are helping me add value to the world. And in so paying them, I'm adding value to their lives and into their families. And, and we rob ourselves of that opportunity when we don't just, when we, we don't allow that abundance to flow through us. And so I would say, uh, you know, in closing, that's something else to consider. It's not, it's not just about you, right? It's about the people that you have the opportunity to serve as your customers. And if you're truly expressing yourself as a leader with these people that you're hiring, you're enriching your lives in, in more ways than you can possibly even imagine. And that like, that lights me up too. And I think, I think everyone I've talked to who has the opportunity and really has that mindset shift, it's, it's tremendously satisfying and, and it, and it expands abundance, right? And, and the universe and everything is constantly expanding. And when we constrict, mm. we don't allow that expansion to flow through us. And that's what keeps us stuck sometimes. I love that. I love that, James. This was so inspiring for me. I truly hope that anyone who's listening to this, it was just as inspiring. If they want to learn a little bit more about you, uh, check out what it is you do. We'll put your website, but any anything that you would steer them towards if they're if they're interested in building out a team and what you have to talk yeah, about. Yeah, absolutely. So so uh, so a lot of this stuff that we talked about up until two or three months ago really was. Uh, only conversations I was having with my high-end clients, like you know, the people who were paying me, you know, 40k to like come in and implement stuff in their business and stuff. And I just, I was like, you know what? There's so many people who need this stuff. We created a, a course called Hiring Like a Boss, and it, and it's awesome. Um, and it's like it's got everything you need to work through all these exercises. It's jamespfreel.com forward slash hiring. I'd love to have, uh, you know, anybody, anybody participate in that and, uh, it, it will make a massive difference. So that's, that's a great place. And if you're, you know, if you're listening to this and you're, you know, you're just looking for, you know, other resources and stuff like that, my, my website's got, you know, some free downloads and trainings and we've, I've got my own podcast, which I believe you're going to be on soon. Yeah. Um, called just the tips. Uh, those are, those are all ways to engage. So awesome. I'll put all the links below. Um, you got a book too, right? Is it to do with this, the book? I honestly have not looked at it. Yeah, so, so the book is in progress. I have, I have ah, written chapters nice. in another book. Cool, uh, cool. But, but yes, the book is all about systems and people are a huge component of systems. And so I'm pretty stoked to get that released next so year. So cool. When that, when that book comes out, Make sure you email us because I'll put the update okay. on the bottom. I don't do affiliate links, so everything just comes from anyone listening. Uh, it's not for me to make money. It's literally to share this wisdom. So I'll have all the links below. And with that said, James, thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate you having me, and it's been a pleasure. 
All right, so as always, I just want to finish off the episode with saying thank you for listening. These episodes are 100% free and they're dedicated to helping you build your coaching business because there are clients out there just waiting for you to reach them. They're waiting for you to give them a result. So do not give up on your dream and never give up on your business. Again, these episodes are 100% free. All I ask in return is that you give it a thumbs up, you give it a like, you give it a little bit of love in the comments or the reviews, and you share it with one or two coaches who you know could use help building their coaching businesses. That's it. I'm done. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode.